0: Winston Churchill once said a fanatic is one who can't change his mind and won't change the subject I'm Phil Conley and welcome to the golden days of radio on this podcast you'll hear both lesser-known shows and important episodes of well-known shows all broadcasts are played with the original commercials these commercials are not endorsed by golden days of radio or think twice radio all shows are believed to be in public domain that's my story I'm sticking with it Moss Hart had a terrible house guest Alexander Wolcott appeared one day, uninvited, and took over the estate. He monopolized the master bedroom, the servants, the phone. And as he finally left, he wrote in the guest book, this is to certify I had one of the most unpleasant times I've ever spent. Moss later commented to his friend George F. Kaufman, imagine what would have happened if he'd broken his leg and had to stay. And that was inspiration for the man who came to dinner. Alexander Wolcott loved the show, and, if he had had the time, would have been happy to play his character, Sheridan Whiteside. But he was unable to make the commitment, and Monty Woolley took over the role, both on Broadway and in the movie version. Other people who have portrayed Sheridan Whiteside are Nathan Lane, Orson Welles, Jack Benny, and Alexander Wolcott. And you hear about that production, which had a very interesting cast, after enjoying the Hot Point Holiday Hours' The Man Who Came to Dinner, first heard on December 25, 1949.
1: Hello, everybody. This is John Garfield. By way of wishing you
2: all a very Merry Christmas, we of the Actors Company bring you an extra special
1: holiday present. George Kaufman and Morse Hart's Broadway hit, The Man Who Came to Dinner, starring Jack Benny, Charles Boyer, Gene Kelly,
2: Dorothy McGuire, Gregory Peck, and Rosalind Russell, with Henry Fonda as narrator, directed by Mel Ferrer.
1: Miller speaking for Hotpoint, one of the world's great leaders in the development and manufacture of quality electrical appliances, who brings you Hollywood's distinguished actors company in The Man Who Came to Dinner, with warm-hearted wishes for a merry Christmas, by more than 10,000 Hotpoint dealers and distributors, and the many thousands of employees who make and sell Hotpoint, America's fastest growing line of electric appliances, all electric kitchens and home laundry equipment. And now, on with the hot point holiday hour, and the man who came to dinner. And now, transcribe your narrator, Henry Fonda.
2: Have you ever had a guest drop in at your house for dinner and stay for two weeks? I mean, aside from your relatives. There might be a better way to upset a household, but they haven't discovered one yet. Anyway, that's what our story is all about. Did you happen to see this week's Time magazine? Well, I got a copy here. Let me read it to you. Quote, Caustic, Sheridan Whiteside, critic, lecturer, wit, radio orator, intimate friend of the great and near great, last week found his celebrated wit no weapon with which to combat a fractured hip. The luxury-loving Mr. Whiteside, trekking across the country on one of his annual lecture tours, Met his Waterloo in the shape of a small piece of ice on the doorstep of Mr. and Mrs. Ernest Stanley of Massalia, Ohio. Result canceled lectures and disappointment of thousands of adoring club women in Omaha, Denver, and points west. Further result the idol of the airways rests until further notice in the home of surprise Mr. and Mrs. Stanley. Possibility Christmas may be postponed this year. <laughs>
3: Is Mr. Whiteside coming out? Yes, Mrs. Stanley. We're getting his
4: wheelchair ready. Oh, will
3: somebody please get that phone? Oh, dear. Sarah, see who's at the door while I answer the phone? Yes, ma'am. I'm coming. I'm getting... We need some pillows. Just a moment, Miss Queen, until I answer the phone. Hello? Oh, yes. Mr. Whiteside is staying Miss here. Preen, did you get the pillows? Not yet, Dr. Bradley. I'm sorry, but we're very busy now. You'll have to call me later. Goodbye.
4: Miss Preen, if the pillows aren't k we'll have to get rubber foam. Mr. Whiteside doesn't like feathers.
3: It, uh, it was the expressman again, Mrs. Stanley. Two more boxes for Mr. Whiteside. A crate from Alaska with two penguins in it. And an octopus from William Beebe. Oh, and a piano came this morning from Arthur Rubenstein. <sighs> What about the pillows? We'll need at least four of them for the wheelchair. Oh yes, yes, of course. Sarah, run upstairs and get two more pillows off yes. Mister Stanley's bed. Yes, please. Yes, Doctor Bradley. Mister
4: Whiteside wants a dozen bottles of Saratoga Spring Water, a copy of Bartlett's Quotations, and a box of Pine Brothers cough drops.
3: Hello. Oh, hello, Clara. Yes, the phone's been going all day. Yes, I know. <laughs> he just never goes to dinner anywhere. And then this had to happen poor Mr. Whiteside. Daisy,
4: will you please give me a moment of your attention? Just a
3: minute, Ernest, dear. I'm so sorry, Clara. Daisy,
4: I must get to the office. I'll speak to you later, Clara. Goodbye. Look, Daisy, I'm sure it's a great honor, Sheridan Whiteside in our house, but it is a little upsetting. Phone going all the time, doorbell ringing, messengers. Sadie, have the
3: house come yet? Well, they're on their way, Miss Cutler. Oh, Ernest. This is Miss Cutler, Mr. Whiteside's secretary. How do you do? How do you do? May I move this chair? Ah. You mean he's coming out now? He is indeed. Oh, Sarah, Sarah. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Whiteside's coming
5: out. Oh, Ernest. Well, here we are, Mary
4: and Bright. And Miss Breen, we are a little patient out. Mr. Whiteside, these are your hosts.
5: Oh,
3: <laughs> good morning, Mr. Whiteside. I'm Mrs. Ernest Stanley, remember? And this is Mr. Stanley.
4: How do you do, Mr. Whiteside? I, I hope that you're better.
2: Thank you. I am suing you for $150,000. <laughs> oh,
3: you mean because you fell on our steps, Mr. Whiteside?
2: Uh, Jerry Giesler will explain it to you in court. <laughs> And now, Mr. Stanley, I shall require the exclusive use of this room, as well as that drafty sewer, which you call the library. What do you mean, sir? My diction is excellent. I would suggest you have your ears blown. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Whiteside, if I may say... You may not, sir.
3: I'll
4: call you from the office later, Daisy.
2: Mr. Stanley, uh, here's the menu for lunch. Uh,
3: But I've already ordered lunch.
2: It'll be sent up to you on a tray. Uh, I am using the dining room for
3: my guests. Oh, well... Well, here, Sarah, prepare this menu for Mr. Catside. I'll have my lunch upstairs on a tray.
2: Yes, ma'am. Well, Mr.
1: Whiteside, I think I can safely leave you in your secretary's capable hands. <laughs> shall I look in again this afternoon?
2: If you do, Dr. Bradley, I shall spit right in your eye.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, what a sense of humor you writers have. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Mr. Whiteside, I've written a book myself. It isn't really worth mentioning. Then why mention it? It's very comprehensive. I I just happen to have a copy with me. It's called Forty Years, an Ohio Doctor. I'll leave it here. It's only 2,000 pages. Will you read it? I'll be glad to if I can lift it.
4: (laughs) Now, now, keep that hip quiet and don't forget those little
3: pills. Goodness.
2: Maggie, will you take this 40 years in an iron lung, or whatever it's called, and put it in the fireplace?
3: Excuse me, but my name is Harriet Stanley. I know you are Sheridan Whiteside. I brought you this frig of holly. I remember what you wrote about Kent, and you, the obscure. It was the nicest present I could bring you. Goodbye.
2: <laughs> For heaven's sake, what was that?
3: That? Oh, that was Mr. Stanley's sister, Harriet. I've talked to her a few times. She's quite strange.
2: Strange? She looks like something out of an Adams cartoon. You know, I've seen that face before somewhere.
3: Nonsense you couldn't have.
2: Oh, well, let's get down to work. What date is this?
3: December 10th.
2: Send a wire to William Paley, Columbia Broadcasting System. For a special New Year's Eve broadcast, we'll have as my guests Yasha Heifetz, Helen Hayes, Albert Einstein, the Lunks, and Maxie Rosenblum.
5: <laughs>
2: Whiteside. Send a wire to Toscanini, counting on you January 4th, Metropolitan Opera House, for my annual benefit. Home for parole convicts. As you know, this is a very worthy cause and close to my heart. Pivot, Pons, Pinza, and Margaret Truman have promised me personally to accomplish.
5: <laughs>
2: Will you have quiet supper with me and the Ritz brothers afterwards?
5: Whiteside. Excuse
3: me, Miss White. Oh, the nurse. Now, what do
2: you want, Miss Cream?
3: It's your pills. It's time to take them. Well,
2: don't come near me. Stay where you are and roll them over.
3: <laughs>
2: if these people intend to have their friends using the front door... What
3: do you want them to use, a rope ladder? I
2: will not have a lot of gawking yokels rushing in and out of this house.
5: Oh, good morning. There's I...
2: nobody home. The Stanleys have been arrested for smuggling opium. Now go away. <laughs>
5: good morning,
2: Mr. Whiteside. I'm Jefferson of the Massalia Journal. Get rid of them.
3: I'm sorry, Mr. Whiteside is seeing no one.
6: Well, you know, if I'm going to be brushed off, I'd like it to be by Mr. Whiteside himself. I never did like carbon copies. Hmm, not bad. And the miscellaneous, too.
3: Will you please leave, Mr. Washington?
2: Uh, it's Jefferson. How about an interview, Mr. Whiteside? <laughs> I never give them. And then will you hand me that box of candy on your way out? Here you are. The
6: trouble is, Mr. Whiteside, that your being in this town comes under the heading of news, and my subscribers want their two cents
2: worth. Hmm, delicious candy. Pecan butternut fudge. <coughs>
3: Mr. Whiteside, you mustn't eat candy, Mr. Whiteside. It's very bad for you.
2: Miss Preen, my great-aunt Jennifer ate a whole box of candy every day of her life. She lived to be 102, and after she was dead three days, she looked better than you do right now. (laughs)
6: I can at least report to my readers that chivalry is not yet dead. We won't discuss it.
2: I suppose you've written that novel. Oh, no,
6: I've written that play. Well, I hope you don't expect me to read it. Well, and how about a brief talk on famous murders? You're an authority on murder as a fine art.
2: My dear boy, when I talk about murder, I get paid for it.
6: Well, all right, what do you think of Missalia? How long are you going to be here? Where are you going? Things like that. Very
2: well. A, Messalia is a town of irresistible charm. B, I cannot wait to get out of it. And see, i I'm going from here to Crockfield for my annual visit to the Crockfield home for parole convicts. Jefferson, did you ever hear how Crockfield started?
3: A couple of crooks got together and got cropped.
2: Sit down. Uh, This aging uh, debutante, Mr. Jefferson, I retain in my employ only because she is the sole support of her two-headed brother.
6: I understand. Well, thanks a lot, Mr. Whiteside, for being so unpleasant. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm a cribbage player
2: if you need one while you're here. Fine, fine. How much can you afford to lose? I usually win. Well, we'll change that. Come back at 8.30. We'll play three-handed with Beatrice Fairfax. Here.
3: <laughs> oh, Mr. Whiteside, there are uh, three men here to see you. Two of them are wearing prison uniforms, and the other one has a rifle. Mr. Whiteside, I don't know who these men are, but I will not stand Then here. go
2: upstairs. Oh. Those are probably my luncheon guests. Jefferson, stay for lunch. Sarah, there'll be one more.
3: Hello, Mr. Whiteside.
2: Well, I brought the boys. Fine, Sarah. fine. Maggie, uh, take the sheriff's rifle and put it in the umbrella stand. Well, I guess it'll be all right, as long as I keep the cups on them.
5: Love it, Mr. Whiteside. Good,
2: good. Let's go right in. Now, let me see if I can remember your name. You're, uh, you're Michelson, aren't you? Uh, butcher shop murderer?
5: Uh, yes, sir.
2: Thought i recognized you. And you're, uh, you're Henderson, the hatchet thief. Always chop them up in a salad bowl. that's that right? Isn't it? That's right. Gentlemen, I must apologize. We're just having chicken, liver, tetrazzini, and cherry jubilee for dessert. I haven't got this chicken, uh, this kitchen organized yet. Mr. Whiteside. The chicken either. <laughs> <laughs> Mr.
3: Whiteside,
5: those
2: cussies. Mr. Stanley, your presence is unwelcome. Here, serve the white wine with the fish, Sarah, and close the door. I don't want a lot of people prying on their better.
3: Mr. Whiteside. Mr. Whiteside, wake up.
2: Hmm? What? Oh, it's you, Miss Stomach Pump.
5: <laughs> I was dreaming
2: of Ava Gardner, and I wake to find you. Where's Miss Cutler? She
5: went out with Mr.
4: Jefferson. That's the fourth time this week. Be quiet, Jason. Mr. Whiteside, I want to talk to you. I don't care whether you're busy or not. I've stood all that I'm going to stand. Indeed? This is the last straw. Look at this bill from the telephone company. $784. Oklahoma City, Calcutta, Hollywood, Rome, New York, New York, New York. Now, I realize, Mr. Whiteside, you're a distinguished man of letters. Yes, yes, of course. We both do. Please. But in the past week, we've not been able to call our souls our own. We've not had a meal in the dining room once. I have to tiptoe out of the house in the morning. Now, Ernest. Convicts sit at my dinner table, butcher shop murderers, and furthermore, I don't like coming home to find 22 Cherokee Indians using my bathroom.
2: Uh, for your information, Mr. Stanley, those 22 Cherokee Indians came straight from the White House, where I assure you, you they use the bathroom, too.
5: Oh, Mr.
4: Biteside, my husband didn't mean... Yes, I did. I meant every word of it. There's only one point
2: that, uh, that you make in which I see some slight justice. I do not expect you to pay for my telephone calls. Uh, can you provide me with the exact amount? I certainly can, and I certainly will. Good. I shall instruct my lawyers to deduct it from the $150,000 that I am suing you for. Come along, Casey. before I lose control of myself. And I'll thank you to stay out of here until I send for you, which I doubt.
3: Sherry, really, you've got this room looking like an old parrot cage. Did you nap while I was out? What's the matter, dear? Can't run away with your tongue?
2: Now, don't look up at me with those big cow eyes, you moonstruck hag. Where have you been all afternoon, Smooching with Bert Jefferson?
3: Oh, Sherry, Bert read his play to me this afternoon. It's superb. I, I, it simply cries out for Catherine Cornell. Here, read it. And if you like it, will you send it to her, Sherry? And will you read it tonight?
2: No, I will not. And while we're on the subject of Mr. Jefferson, you might ask him if he wouldn't like to pay your salary since he takes up all of your time.
3: Oh, Sherry, stop behaving like a spoiled child.
2: Will you stop acting like Zazu Pitts and explain yourself?
3: Well, I'll make it quick. Sherry, I'm in love.
2: Nonsense. This is merely delayed puberty. (laughs)
3: No, Sherry. I'm afraid this is it. When you get out of that wheelchair and leave Miss Haley, I stay. You're going to lose a very excellent secretary.
2: I remain completely unconvinced. You are drugging yourself into this Joan Crawford fantasy, and I shall do everything in my power to bring you to your senses.
3: Now, you listen to me, Whiteside. I know you. I know what a devil you can be. I'm going to marry Bert, if he will have me, and don't you dare try any of your tricks. And now, if it meets with your approval, I'm going upstairs and wash my hands.
5: Hmm.
2: So Mr. Bert Jefferson turns out to be in Ohio, Tennessee, Williams. So his play is good enough for Catherine Cornell, eh? Hmm. I'll fix that. Hello? Long distance, please. I want to make a transatlantic call. Hello, transatlantic operator? This is Messalia 142. I want to talk to Miss Lorraine Sheldon. S H E L D O N. Sheldon. She's on the Queen Elizabeth. It sailed from Southampton the day before yesterday. Will it take long? My name is Whiteside. Thank you.
3: Dr.
4: Bradley. Good evening, sir. Well, well, good evening, Mr. Whiteside.
2: Come back tomorrow, would you, doctor? I'm busy. Uh,
4: now, what would be the best news I could possibly bring you?
2: You have hydrophobia. <laughs> <laughs> no.
5: <laughs> no. No. Now,
2: Mr. Whiteside, you are a well man. You can get up and walk now. You can leave
4: here tomorrow. What do you mean? Well, sir, I looked at those x-rays again this morning, and do you know what... <laughs> i had been looking at the wrong x-rays.
5: <laughs> I
4: have been looking at old Mrs. Moffat's x-rays. You are
5: perfectly,
2: absolutely well. Low your voice, will you? Huh? What's the matter? Aren't you pleased? Naturally. Uh, this is a very unexpected bit of news, however. Uh, Dr. Bradley, I have some good news for you, too. I've been reading your book, uh, 40 years, what is it? An Ohio doctor. Yes. Well, I consider it extremely close to being one of the great literary contributions of our time. (sighs) Mr. Whiteside. Dr. Bradley, I have a proposition to make to you. What I would like to do is to stay here in Messalia and work with you on this book. Oh, Mr. Whiteside, I would be so terribly honored. Thank you. But there's just one difficulty. You see, if my radio sponsors were to learn that I'm well, I would be forced to leave Messalia. Therefore, we must not tell anyone that I am well enough to get out of this wheelchair. I see, I see. Not even my secretary, Miss Cutler. You understand? Oh, yes, yes, yes. When do we start work? Tonight? I've just got one patient that's dying, and then I'll be perfectly free. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow morning. This is a private call. Would you forgive me? Hello? Yes, I'm on. Tomorrow morning,
1: Doc. Tomorrow morning it is. You've made me
2: very proud, Mr. Whiteside. Good night. Yes, yes, this is Mr. Whiteside. Put him on. Hello, is this my Lorraine? Blossom girl, when did you land in New York? Tuesday? That's fine. Now, listen closely, my pet. I've discovered a play with a wonderful part in it for you. Now, wait, wait, let me tell you. The author is a young newspaper man in this town. Of course, he wants Kathleen Cornell, but if you jump on a train and get right out here... No, 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 he's young and very attractive. Just your dish. Isn't that exciting? Now, look, don't send me any messages. Just get on a train, drop in, and I'll act surprised. Good. Goodbye, my blossoms. Ah.
3: Whiteside, time for your medicine.
2: Ah, hello, Miss Preen. My, you're looking radiant this evening.
3: What? Mr. Whiteside, don't you feel well? <laughs> Harry, I'm sorry for what I said before. I'm afraid I was a little unjust.
2: That's all right, Maggie. We all lose our tempers now and then. <laughs>
3: I promised to have dinner with Bert and go to a movie, but we'll come back and play privilege with you instead. Fine,
2: fine. Take your time, Maggie. Enjoy yourself. See you
3: soon, Sherry dear. Bye-bye. Goodbye, darling. <laughs>
2: if there's a bigger louse than I am, I want to meet him.
5: <laughs>
1: Two of The Man Who Came to Dinner. And now, a brief pause for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. At Hot Point, we're as old-fashioned in our ideas about Christmas as we are modern in our ideas about electric appliances. So instead of spending a lot of time describing our brilliant new line of Hotpoint quality appliances for 1950, we feel it's a good deal more appropriate to thank you for the way you've welcomed our appliances into your homes, and for the confidence you've placed in the name Hotpoint. It is, after all, your recognition of Hotpoint value which has made us one of the world's largest manufacturers in the appliance field. More people choose Hotpoint ranges, water heaters, and dishwashers than any other make. More than five times as many people are buying Hotpoint refrigerators today as in 1939. Also, there are more Hotpoint ranges in use than any other kind. And Hotpoint is the world's largest manufacturer of commercial electric cooking equipment for hospitals, naval craft, restaurants, and hotels. We sincerely believe all Hotpoint products you can buy today are the very finest that experience, research, superb craftsmanship, and engineering can produce. the second act of The Man Who Came to Dinner. Hello?
2: Will you get me Miss Lorraine Sheldon at the mansion house, please? No, I don't know the number. I'm not Errol
5: Flynn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hello? Mansion house? Uh, This is Mr. Whiteside again. Has Miss Sheldon arrived yet? Hasn't he? Thank you. Hmm. Nobody around. I wonder if I dare get up out of this wheelchair. Uh Uh-oh, somebody's coming. Back in the saddle again. Oh, Mr. Weissite,
3: he has a telegram
2: for you. Thank you, Sarah.
3: Excuse me, Mr. Weissite. I'll answer the
5: door.
2: Well, it's a wire from Monty Woolley. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs)
3: side, would you tell him the shoulder is here? Lorraine, my blossom girl. Sherry, my sweet old darling, look at that poor, sweet, tortured face. Let me kiss it. Oh, you poor darling, your eyes have a kind of gallant compassion. How drawn you are. Oh, Sherry, my sweet, I want to cry. All
2: right, all right. You've made a very nice entrance. Now, relax.
3: Oh, but, Sherry, darling, I've been so worried. And now seeing you in that ghastly chair. This
2: wheelchair fits my curves beautifully. <laughs> now, come out from behind that hat and tell me everything. You look a little like Hedda Hopper. <laughs>
3: You, my dear. Oh, darling, I just dashed through New York. Didn't do a thing about Christmas. in London before that was magnificent, my dear. Well, I simply never got to bed at all, but not at all. I simply can't stop to can tell you. Well,
2: why not start with the dirt first? That's what I want to hear. <laughs> what about that fish face, the Marquis de la Roche? Haven't you hooked him yet?
3: Now, Sherry, please. Here is a very dear friend of mine.
2: Now, how, Blossom Girl, this is Sherry. Don't tell me you wouldn't like to be the Marquis de la Roche with 100000 a year. By the way, he is still as wrinkled as ever. Hmm? His neck reminds me of a convertible with the top halfway down.
5: <laughs> now,
3: Pierre, really, really. Pierre may not be young, but he's rather sweet, poor lamb. And he's very fond of me. Hmm,
2: the Marquis de la Rose. Won't Kansas City be surprised? Mr. Whiteside, did you get a chance to... Not yet, Dr. Bradley. I'm busy. Oh.
3: Uh, who's that?
2: He fixes the plumbing. <laughs> Now, come on, come on. Lorraine, I want more news. Oh, But,
3: Jerry, now, what about this play? I've been so excited ever since your phone calls.
2: Well, here's the situation. This young newspaper man, Bert Jefferson, huh? uh, brought me the play with the understanding that I sent it to Kit Cornell. Huh. Now, that's fair warning. The rest is up to you. Jerry,
5: look.
3: Bert has just given me the most heavenly...
5: Oh. Oh.
3: Oh, hello, Maggie. I knew you must be around somewhere. How are you, darling? Hello, Lorraine.
2: Isn't Bert with you? Oh, here he is. Uh, this is Bert Jefferson. Lorraine? young newspaper man.
5: Oh.
2: And Miss Lorraine Sheldon. How do you do, Miss Sheldon?
3: Jefferson. Why, Mr. Jefferson. You don't look like a newspaper man. You don't look like a newspaper man at all. Oh, really?
6: I, I thought it was written all over me. Oh,
3: no. not at all. I should have said you were, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, a jet pilot or an explorer or something. They have that same kind of uh, dash about them. I'm simply enchanted with your town, Mr. Jefferson. Tell me, have you lived here all your life?
6: Uh, Not yet.
2: (laughs) If you wish to hear the story of his life, Lorraine, kindly do so on your own time. Maggie and I have work to do. Now get out of here, Jefferson. Jefferson. On your way, Blossom. Oh,
3: he's the world's rudest man, isn't he? Can I drop you, Mr. Jefferson? I'm going down to the, uh, the mansion house, I think it's called. Oh, thank
2: you, but I've got
6: my car. Suppose I drop you.
3: Oh, would you? that will be lovely. We'll send the taxi off. I'll see you in a little while, Cherry. Bye, Maggie.
2: Goodbye, Maggie. Am I invited back for dinner? Yes, yes, you are. At Christmas, I always feed the needy. <laughs>
3: now,
2: please stop oozing out.
3: Get out. Oh, come on now, Mr. Jefferson. I want to hear more about this charming little town of yours. And I want to hear a good deal more about you. She's, uh, looking very well, isn't she?
2: Who's, what's that? Who?
3: That fox in Mink. <laughs> Quite a surprise, wasn't it? Her dropping in.
2: See who that is, will you, Maggie?
3: Oh, all right.
5: Marcel! Maggie! You look ravishing.
4: You make me speak.
2: Marcel! Come in here, you amorous ham, and gaze upon a soul in agony. No, uh, no, no, please don't tell me how you are, Sherry. I've only ten minutes between trains, so the conversation will be entirely about me, and I shall love it.
0: How are you, Sherry?
2: I'm fine, you love bit Latin. Now, how is the trip?
1: Wonderful. I've never given of myself so freely. By the way,. Did I not see that uh, refugee from Reno, La, La Sheldon, as I came in? You did indeed.
3: Santa dropped a clinker down the chimney.
5: Ah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lorraine. She would flirt with a chimpanzee if she thought he had money. Sherry, <laughs> my evil one, not only have I produced the finest comedy since Moliere, but also the best review
1: since my last one. I shall act in it, of course, for eight weeks in Paris, six in New York, then i leave for a trip to Bali, Bali to meet Simon, Simon. <laughs> Ah, Maggie, my sweet. Why don't you desert this, uh, this slump of tapioca and come with
3: me? Oh, Marcel, dear, be careful. You're catching me at a good moment.
2: Uh, tell me, Monsieur Boucaire, uh,
3: did you have a good,
2: good time in Hollywood? How long were you there? Three
4: unbelievable days. I saw everyone from Claudette Colbert to gorgeous George.
5: <laughs>
4: they came to me on their knees as to a shrine. I was charming to them, of course, but I refused $7 million to star in a picture with Gertrude Lawrence and
2: Lassie. What about banjos? You see that maniac in Hollywood? Oh, just for a moment. Then the place blew up. Mr. Whiteside... No, no, not now, Doctor. Go away. Hmm? Are you hiding someone here? Yes, Dr. Kinsey. (laughs)
5: Go ahead, Mark.
2: Well, what happened at Monte Carlo? Well, I tell you, no one is playing roulette this season. Everyone is
4: betting on Lorraine to marry the Marquis. Oh, Mickey, have you ever met the Marquis de La Roche? No. It sounds a little bit like this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh,
4: oh, oh Mickey, we <laughs> are on at last. and you are so beautiful.
5: Look, smell your hair. <laughs> 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 oh, it's, it's, it's so, so invigorating. <laughs>
4: Jerry! after I get over this attack, would you think me too forward if I kissed your hand?
5: <laughs> 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 That's
4: the marquee
2: right down to his last week.
3: Oh, you're making it up, Marcel. No one sounds like that. Oh,
2: you don't know Pierre, Maggie, whoever that is, get rid of him.
3: Hello. Oh, oh, hello, Bert. Oh, well, um, just a minute. Marcel, would you talk to a newspaper man just hmm? for two minutes? It, it, it would mean so much oh, to him. Oh, the time
4: is so short. Well,
3: then, would you see him at the station just before the train leaves? Just for a minute. All oh,
4: right for you, yes.
3: Bert, go to the station and wait for him. He'll be there in a few minutes. Bye.
2: Well, I must go, Sherry. Hurry up and get out of that wheelchair. I'll see you in Paris. Goodbye, Marcel. Give my regards regards to Simone Simone.
3: <laughs> wait, Marcel. I'll walk to the door with you. Marcel, I'm in great trouble. I've fallen in love for the first time in my life, and Sherry's doing everything he can to break it up. The
2: old scoundrel, what's he doing?
3: Well, he he brought Lorraine here to smash it, and you know Lorraine. I've got to get her out of here. The farther away, the better, and and you can do it for me. But how? I'm leaving. Well, let me explain a little idea I just got. When you get to the station... Mm -hmm. Working on its script? Oh, of course, of course. The Christmas Eve program. Oh, by the way, what time does Marcel get here? I'm not over-anxious to meet him. He's been and gone. Oh. Tell me, Lorraine, have you uh, found a new play yet? No, no, I haven't. Did you know that Mr. Jefferson had written quite a good play? The young man that drove you to the hotel. Oh, really? No, hmm. I didn't. Uh, isn't that interesting? Yes, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'll get it. Hello? Yes. Miss Lorraine Sheldon? Huh? What? Why, yes, she's here. Here. There's a transatlantic call coming through for you, Lorraine. Transatlantic for me? Here? what? What in the world? Ca- it, it, it's it's from Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo? Hello? Hello? Pierre! Why, what a surprise. How'd you know I was here? Uh, oh, darling, your asthma sounds worse. <laughs> well, you're Wheezing. Oh, yes, yes, I can hear you very clearly. It's as though you were just around the corner. Oh, I see. What? Oh, darling, you don't know how I've prayed for this every... Oh, darling, yes. Yes, yes, a thousand times, yes. Oh, dear, I'll take a plane right out of here and catch the next boat. What? What? Pierre, you're wheezing so. Yes, I love you, my darling. Oh, so much. Oh, you've made me the happiest girl in the world. Goodbye, goodbye, darling, goodbye. Sherry, Sherry! What's all the yammering Oh, here. I've just called Mr. Monte Carlo. He's asked me to marry him. Oh, I've got to get right out of here and catch the next boat.
2: Lorraine, are you going to toss away the best part of your career to marry that reasonable facsimile of an accordion?
3: Really, <laughs> I... Time to argue. Now, Maggie, you must help me. Why, I'd be delighted. I, I have a timetable right here for you. You can make a Friday sailing. Oh, Maggie, darling, you are wonderful. Lorraine, you're
2: making a big mistake. Oh,
3: Maggie, what's the number of that hotel I at? Nathaniel, three, two. Uh, uh Missania, three, two, please. Oh, look out the window, Sherry. It's starting to snow. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, I never felt more like Christmas in my life. Don't you, Sherry, dear?
2: Shut your nasty little face. <laughs>
3: me my room, will you please? Oh, Cosette. Now, listen carefully, Cosette. We're leaving here tonight by plane and sailing Friday for Monte Carlo. Now, I want you to send three cables for me. Ready? Uh, the first one goes to Lord and Lady Cunard. My darlings, returning Friday, Pierre and I being married immediately on arrival, wanted you to be the first to know... Love, Lorraine. Now, send the same message to Picasso, General de Gaulle, the Marchioness de Valmay, and my mother in Kansas City. You got that? Uh, Now, you'll have to rush, Cosette. I'll I'll be at the hotel in about half an hour. So be ready. Bye. Oh, well, well, life is just full of surprises, isn't it? Now, who would have thought an hour ago that I'd be on my way to Monte Carlo? Hello,
6: everybody. Say, do you know it's snowing out, we're going to have a real old-fashioned Christmas. Why don't you telephone your scoop to Luella Parsons?
3: First, Miss Sheldon has to catch a plane tonight from Toledo. Can we drive over, you and I?
6: Why, certainly. I'm oh, sorry you have to go, Miss Sheldon. No bad news, I hope.
3: Oh, on the contrary. Very good news. Wonderful news. Oh, good.
6: I got some pretty good news myself. A two-minute interview with Marcel Duval at the station. You're right, Mr. Whiteside. He's quite a boy. Oh,
3: Sherry, I-, I almost forgot. Have you seen this bracelet Bert gave me for Christmas? Isn't it beautiful?
6: Ducky. You know, I was lucky to get even two minutes with Duval. He was in a telephone booth most of the time. I couldn't hear what he was saying, but from the face he was making, it looked like a scene from one of his plays. A-
3: and look at the inscription Just here. Just a minute.
5: Uh,
2: Jefferson, uh, Mr. Duval was in a telephone booth at the station. Yeah, he certainly was. I thought
6: he'd never come out. He kept wheezing, <laughs> making the funniest faces for about five minutes.
3: Hmm. Bert, will you mix some cocktails? I think I'm going to need a drink.
2: Fine, I'll be back in a jiffy.
6: I've got a new recipe for martinis that'll really open
3: your eyes.
2: They're already open. <laughs> Lorraine, my blossom, uh, hand me the phone. Here, Sherry. Operator, has there been a call from Monte Carlo over this telephone within the past half hour? Yes, I'll wait.
3: Sherry, what is this?
2: What's that? There have been no calls from Monte Carlo for the past week? Thank you. Now, uh, will you repeat that, please? Lorraine, uh, hold this receiver to your shell-like ear. (laughs) Hear that, dear? Yes. Thank you, operator, and a Merry Christmas. Sherry.
3: What is all this? What's going on? What does this mean?
2: Lorraine, you have just played the greatest love scene of your career with your old friend, Marcel Duval. Now,
3: Sherry, stop it. I want this thing explained.
2: Explained? You heard the operator, my pet. All I can tell you is that Marcel was indulging in one of his famous imitations, that's all. You've heard him do Pierre before, haven't
3: yes, you? Yes, yes, of course, but, but why should he want to do such a thing? Oh, all those tables.
2: Now, steady, my blossom. Well, Take well, it easy.
3: Steady. Do you realize that I'll be the laughing stock of Europe? I always knew that Marcel Duval was a stinker. but well, why would he try to ship me over to Monte Carlo like that on a
6: fool's errand? Cocktails are ready, only ten to a customer.
3: Oh, 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 I think I'd begin to... Of course, of course, that's it, of course, that's it. Mr. Jefferson, that's a very charming bracelet you gave Maggie, isn't it, Maggie, dear? <laughs> if I were you, I'd hang on to that bracelet, dear. It'll be something to remember him by.
6: Well, are you still here, Miss Sheldon? I thought you were leaving.
3: I've changed my plans. Wild horses couldn't drag me out of here now. Really? Well, good. And I hear you have written a simply marvelous play, Mr. Jefferson. I want you to read it to me tonight. Will you? We'll go right back to the Mansion House now, and you'll read me your play. Well,
6: well, I should say so. I'd be delighted. Maggie, did you hear that?
2: Come on, Miss Sheldon, let's have at it.
3: Yes, let's have at it. (laughs) See you later, Maggie.
2: Oh, uh, Maggie, uh, this would be a good time for me to go over my radio script. Where is it?
3: On the table.
2: Oh, yes, yes, thank you. Let's see this now. Larry,
3: I think you're the meanest man I've ever met.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Whiteside speaking. On this eve of eve, when my own heart is overflowing with peace and kindness...
3: The most I would like to tell you I've the story of oh, Elias T. Croxie. Stop,
5: Come,
1: The name Hot Point has become one of the most valued among electric appliances. The reason is best expressed in our slogan. You can look to Hot Point for the finest first. And that's certainly no idle statement. Forty-five years ago, for example, we built the very first electric range. Last year, Hot Point was first again with a great new contribution to cooking ease and convenience. Hot Point push-button cooking. We pioneered and perfected the electric dishwasher, too, and still lead the field with the only front-opening automatic dishwasher that has Calrod electric drying and a tabletop. Hotpoint was also first a dream of all-electric kitchens and laundry. We've made scores of other important advancements throughout our entire line of Hotpoint quality electric ranges, refrigerators, food freezers, dishwashers, disposals, water heaters, automatic washing machines, dryers, ironers... And matched kitchen cabinets. In fact, not only ours, but all makes of electric appliances are better today because of Hotpoint's pioneering and leadership. Right now, more than ever before, it pays to look to Hot Point for the finest first. And now for Act Three of The Man Who Came to Dinner.
2: Miss Preen. Miss Preen. Prune face. Yes,
5: sir. Yes,
3: sir.
2: Where do you disappear to all the time, my lady nausea?
3: Mr. Whiteside, I can only be in one place at a time.
2: That is very fortunate for this community. (laughs) Now go away and take this medicine with you. You remind me of last week's laundry.
3: I'm taking the one o'clock train, Sherry. I'm leaving.
2: Just a moment, Betty Davis.
3: What are you trying to
2: do? Honestly, Maggie, sometimes you can be very annoyed.
3: You know, you're quite wonderful, Sherry. In a way, you're annoyed. Shall I tell you something? I think you're a selfish, petty egomaniac, and I was a fool for ever thinking I could trust you.
2: Well, as long as I live, I shall never do anyone a good turn again. I won't ask you to apologize, Maggie. But six months from now, you will be thanking me.
3: In six months, Sherry, I expect to be so far away from you, you couldn't find me with radar. Merry Christmas, Sarah. Oh, Merry Christmas, Christmas,
2: Maggie. Hi, Mr. Whiteside.
6: Maggie, I've been calling you all evening. Why didn't you pick up the phone?
3: Well, I, I didn't feel up to it. How'd you hit it off with Madam DuBerry?
6: Miss Sheldon, well, she says the play needs just a little fixing. We could do it in three weeks. She thinks we ought to go to New York together and work on it. Oh? Well, Maggie, won't
2: you say something?
3: I'm just too happy for words.
2: Uh, look, Bert, why don't you Mr. Whiteside Uh-oh, Dr. Jekyll again (laughs) Mr. Whiteside, I thought perhaps if I came very early We could talk about my book Dr. Bradley, I'm starting that diet you put me on Would you fix me two poached eggs on rye crisp And eat it yourself? Yes,
6: yes, of course Come on, Doc, I'll buy you breakfast See you
2: later, Maggie Now listen to me, Maggie I'm willing to forgive your silly outbursts And talk about this calmly I,
3: I love him Oh, Sherry. Sherry, why did you do it? Well, I, I'd better go upstairs and finish packing. Merry Christmas, Mr.
2: Whiteside. Huh? Oh, oh, Merry Christmas, Miss Stanley.
3: I, I'm afraid I shouldn't be seen talking to you, Mr. Whiteside. My brother is terribly angry, but I just couldn't resist asking. Did you like my Christmas present?
2: Yes, it was very thoughtful of you, Miss Stanley. I'm fond of these old photographs. Thank you so much.
3: I was 22 when that was taken. Hmm. That was my favorite dress. Well, I. I'd better go back to my room before I'm seen. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: What is there about her face? So familiar. <laughs> Miss Preen. Miss Preen! Yes,
5: sir, yes, sir. Answer the door, will you? Oh. Uh... Aha! Uh-huh! A female. Come in, Dutch! You're the first woman I've seen in 20 minutes. Oh,
3: I love you. I love you, Banjo. Come here. me kiss me. Kiss me again. Don't complain of my passion. White I side, can feel the hot blood high through your back. Banjo. 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 White side.
2: How are you, White side? Will you please pay for this package? Put that woman down, Banjo. That's my nurse, Miss Bedtrey. <laughs> Banjo, you reform school fugitive. How'd you get here anyway? Jerry Wald, blow me reindeer. Whiteside, we finished shooting the picture yesterday, and I'm on my way to Nova Scotia. What? Flew here in 12 hours. Borrowed a plane from Howard Hughes. Whiteside, I brought you a wonderful Christmas present.
5: Here.
2: This girdle was once worn by Dolores Del Rio. <laughs> <laughs>
5: hey, listen,
2: you idiot. How long can you stay? Just long enough to take a bath. I'm on my way to Nova Scotia. Where's Maggie? Nova Scotia? What are you going to Nova Scotia for? I'm sick of Hollywood. Besides, it's a name in New York, I don't want to see. So I figured I'd go to Nova Scotia and get some smoked salmon. Where's Maggie? Upstairs in her room. I'm going up and see her. If I'm not back in half an hour, come up and save me. Banjo, (laughs) I'm very annoyed at Maggie. After all these years, she's repaying my affection by behaving like Stella Dallas. What are you talking about? How was I supposed to know that she was really in love with him? In love with who? I just got here, remember? I'm telling you, you Hollywood nitwit. A young newspaper man here in town. Maggie finally fell. Well, what do you know? So? So, Lorraine Sheldon happened to come out here and visit me. Tiger Lil, here? (laughs) Yep. And this young fellow has written a play. You can guess the rest. He's going to New York with Lorraine to rewrite. Oh. Say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean Lorraine Sheldon happened to come out here? Sherry, I smell a rat. A rat in a wheelchair. Well, all right, all right, but I did it for Maggie. I thought it was the right thing for her. Oh, sure, you haven't thought of yourself in years.
3: Oh, Mr. White, I have some
5: cookies here for you. Thank you, thank you. Not bad. Oh. Not bad. <laughs> okay, well, are welcome, Mr. White. Ah, Please.
2: never mind, Clara, he's crazy. And hungry.
4: Come, Petrushka, we will dance in the snow until all St. Petersburg is aflame with jealousy. Come to the kitchen with
5: me. <laughs>
3: I am quitting. My address is on the desk inside. You can send me a check.
2: Do you realize, Miss Queen, that this is completely unprofessional?
3: I do indeed. I am not only walking out on this case, Mr. Whiteside. I am leaving the nursing profession. <laughs> From now on, anything that I can do to help exterminate the human race will fill me with the greatest of pleasure. <laughs>
2: Well, you can start with yourself first.
3: <laughs> Good day. Good day. Mr. Whiteside.
4: Now, what do you want, Stanley? Come in, Sheriff. Yes, sir. Mr. Whiteside, this gentleman is a deputy sheriff. If you're not out of this house in 15 minutes, he will forcibly eject you, bag, baggage, wheelchair, penguins, and octopus. I am now going upstairs to smash our radio so that not even accidentally will I ever hear your voice again.
2: You can't miss it today. Sure you don't want my autograph, old fellow?
4: Fifteen minutes, Mr. Whiteside. Ah, oh, you are
2: magnificent. Why with me to Valhalla.
4: I will build you a restaurant and we'll barbecue Duncan Hines.
2: Anything new, Whiteside? No, Banjo. Maggie's taking the one o'clock train out and I have exactly 15 minutes in which to pull out of my hat the biggest rabbit you've ever seen. What do you mean, 15 minutes? My host has sworn out a warrant. I'm being kicked out. Open the door, Sarah. It's Probably some mustard gas from Kaufman and Hart. <laughs>
3: Oh, good morning. Is Mr. Whiteside up yet? Yes, Sheridan. Oh, Merry Christmas, darling. Birthday is magnificent. I've come here to have Christmas breakfast with you. What? Oh, Banjo, what a surprise. How are you? I'm
2: fine, Lorraine, fine. How's the husband business?
3: funny, very funny. It's too bad, Banjo, that your pictures aren't as funny as you seem to think you are.
2: Lorraine, how can you say such things when you know I'm mad for you? Mad, 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 do you hear? M-A-D-E, mad. <laughs> Let
5: me take you out of all this, Lorraine. Let me take you out of all this and back to the stockyards. <laughs> think of anything
2: yet, Whiteside? Yeah, suicide. <laughs> what time does the boat sail? Ten minutes. What
3: boat is this?
2: A good ship up the creek. <laughs>
3: That's probably Bert. I-, I told him to meet me here. Whiteside, American Express. Right this way, please. Oh, why, Sherry, what's that? Why, it's an Egyptian mummy cake.
2: There's one thing I need right now it's an Egyptian mummy cake.
4: Hey, there's a tag on it. It says, Merry Christmas from the King of Egypt. What'd you send him, Sydney Green Street?
5: Eight
4: minutes, Mr. Whiteside, including that mummy cake.
3: Why? what's that all about? Who is that man? He
2: announces the time every few
3: minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I pay him
2: a small sum.
3: But what on earth for, Sherry? I lost my watch. (laughs) Oh, you know, Sherry, I think this mummy case is rather beautiful. Just think, Cleopatra might be in one just like that. A woman like myself.
2: But not as cold. (laughs)
3: <laughs> A woman who once lived in love, full of the same passion, fears, jealousy, hates, And what remains?
2: Lydia Pinkham?
5: <laughs> Just
3: this case and nothing more. That's all that remains. Oh, I, I'd like to open it and stand inside.
5: <laughs> yes, yes,
3: Banjo, yes. Here, here, Lorraine, I'll open it for you.
5: Here, tie it on for
3: size. Huh. Here I am, another woman living out her life. I want to cry.
2: Uh, Lorraine, have you ever played Cleopatra?
3: Uh, no, Sherry, I haven't. What makes you ask that?
2: There was something about you you stood next to that case. It, it transcended any mortal expression I've ever seen. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it certainly
3: did. Whiteside, what has transcended me? Quiet,
2: Angel.
3: Oh, now, Sherry, you're just joshing me, aren't you?
2: My dear, I wouldn't make light of these things. I am deeply moved. There's a strange beauty about you, Lorraine. Oh. Pure Van Gogh. I would love to see you in that mummy case.
3: Well, oh, I, I, I feel too silly, Sherry.
5: <laughs> Lorraine,
2: at this moment, you've shown me rare beauty. You asked me a little while ago what I wanted for Christmas.
5: You're <laughs> too Quiet. <laughs> all
2: that I want, Lorraine, is the memory of you in that mummy case.
3: Oh, my darling, I, I'm all choked up. All right, I'll do it. Here, here, Lorraine, let me help. There. I'm in! Well,
5: stay there!
4: Touchdown! I'll kick the extra point! Will she be all right man? Sure, I'll punch a couple of holes in her so
2: she can breathe. I'll let her out as soon as we get on the plane. Wait a minute, how do we get this mummy case out of here? Now, one thing at a time, that's the next step. Well, think fast, Captain Hornblower, think fast. Thank you, I've got it. I
4: hope it's not catching
2: Mr. Stanley's sister, I finally remembered that face.
4: If it was me, I'd have forgotten it long ago.
2: I knew I'd remember. The
4: time is up, Mr. Whiteside. Fifteen minutes.
2: Ah, yes, Mr. Stanley, fifteen minutes. Will you do me a slight favor before I go?
4: I certainly will
2: not. Oh, I think you will, Mr. Stanley. Or shall I inform my radio audience that your sister, Harriet Stanley, is none other than the famous Harriet Sedley who murdered her mother and father with an axe twenty-five years ago?
4: Mr. Whiteside, how did you find that out?
2: Now, Mr. Stanley, how would you like to have the good people of Messalia repeating that once popular little jingle? Harriet Sedley took an axe and gave her mother 40 whacks. And when the job was nicely done, she gave her father 41. in, Mr. Whiteside, what do you want me to do? Oh, Sheriff, will you come in here, please? Whiteside, you're a great man, and I despise myself for admitting it. You call, sir? Come right in, Sheriff. Mr. Stanley, would you like to help this gentleman down to the airport with this mummy case? He's sending it to a friend in Nova Scotia.
4: They can't get good mummies up there.
2: Right, Mr. Stanley? (laughs) Yes, yes. Sheriff, handle that case carefully. Banjo, you're wonderful. I may write a book about you. Don't bother. I can't read. (laughs) What now? Don't drop that case, Sheriff. It's loaded. Goodbye, Maggie. (laughs) And Maggie, don't worry about Lorraine. (laughs) She just stepped out of the country for a minute.
3: Sherry! Sherry, was that...
2: It was indeed... Bert, is all yours, and you have my
3: blessing. Oh, Sherry, Banjo, you're wonderful. Maggie, get
2: me my hat and coat. I'm leaving.
3: Come on, Whiteside.
2: I'll drop you at the airport. Oh,
3: you're leaving? But, Sherry, you're here. Where are you going?
2: Arthur Murray's for a rumble
3: lesson. No <laughs> don't argue. Do as you're told. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Whiteside. I'll get to. Your... Come on,
2: Whiteside. Hurry up. Before I go to Nova Scotia, I want to stop off at Lindy's for some rye bread. All right, Banjo. All right. <laughs> Mr. Whiteside, you're walking. Yes yeah, I'm back in shape again, Bert. There's been a slight change of plan. I'm taking your play to Catherine Cornell. Maggie will explain everything.
3: Oh, hello, Bert.
2: Hi, Maggie. Well, I don't have to go to New York. Can you stand it?
3: Oh, I think
2: so. Mr. Whiteside, drop a cage over these two lovebirds, will you? And come on, we can't keep the salmon waiting.
6: Mr. Whiteside, are you very busy? Yes,
2: Dr. Bradley, very. But if you ever come to New York, try and find me. Goodbye, Maggie, my lamb. I love you very much. Jerry, you're wonderful. Don't tell him he knows it. Goodbye, Jefferson. You'll never know the trouble you've caused. Goodbye.
6: I'll walk you to the door. Goodbye.
5: Good- Goodbye,
3: Sarah. Goodbye, Mr. Weissheim. Look
5: out for the milk bottle. <laughs> oh, what was that? Maggie,
3: Maggie, get the wheelchair. Call the nurse. Where's the doctor?
5: Miss
2: Greenback, Mr. Stanley, I am suing you for three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> The man who came to dinner star Jack Bennett as Shedon and Whiteside, Charles Boyer as Marcel Duval, Jean Kelly as Banjo, Dorothy McGuire as Maggie, Gregory Peck as Bert Jefferson, and Rosalind Russell as Lorraine Sheldon. Also heard in the cast were Edith Angold, Eleanor Audley, Lee Benaderet, Lois Corbett, Willard Waterman, and Roland Winters. Music was composed, arranged, and conducted by Lee Harleen. Our play was adapted for radio by Hugh Wedlock, Jr. and Howard Snyder, and was produced and directed by Mel Ferrer. This is John Garfield on behalf of the Actors Company. Thanks for listening, and Merry Christmas.
0: unable to star in the original Broadway version, Wolcott was able to play Sheridan Whiteside in a West Coast production. In the play, Whiteside has a friend named Banjo, based on Wolcott's real-life friend, Harpo Marx. Wolcott got Harpo to play himself in the show. Harpo not only spoke on stage, but added many comedy bits and stole the show. Much to the delight of Wolcott. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.